Welcome to the Auburn City Council podcast. This is a recording of a regular Auburn City Council meeting. The council meets on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Meetings begin at 7 p.m. in council chambers at 141 North Ross Street, and they are live streamed on YouTube and Facebook. We'll call to order tonight's Committee of the Whole for the November the 2nd Auburn City Council meeting. The City Council should have the minutes from the October 19th Committee of the Whole meeting. Are there any additions or corrections to those minutes? If not, is there a move to approve? Move to approve. Second. Motion is second. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Then the motion carries. Our annual report from our outstanding Auburn Municipal Court Judge, Jim McLaughlin. Second. <laughs> 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 get to look at guilty <laughs> definitely <laughs> of, of what we're still going to have to decide <laughs> but last year was a little bit of a anomaly certainly with covid um, you have all these numbers in front of you i'm not going to take too much of your time tonight just want to highlight a few things hold on just a second the screen's blanked out there we go okay thank you Okay, ready? Fiscal year 2021, we handled a grand total of 19,116 cases. Uh, that was almost a 50% increase from the year before uh, with COVID. Uh, I won't say we're back to business as usual, but we're getting there slowly but surely. Um, we had a grand total of 18,000 cases disposed, which is, again, uh, a market increase from the year before and a total of 16 appeals. Um, pretty proud of that number. That means less than one one-thousandth of the people that we dealt with felt like I did such a bad job they had to take it over to the county. And of those, probably five of them are people that just really didn't want to go to jail. I ordered them to complete a probably a six-month jail sentence. Uh, and they kind of put the inevitable off. They're going to go home and sit on a little while and have an appeal time, but they're eventually going to go to jail. But um, we also handled almost 13,000 parking tickets. One of the ways we try and help the community is uh, if they don't have the ability to pay their fines and court costs, we give them the opportunity to do community service at $10 an hour. One of our programs that I've reinstated from Judge Bailey's prior days is a partnership with Environmental Services where we send a trash truck out um, almost six days a week now to help keep the Auburn City roads and streets clean. Last year, we had 8,700 hours completed with Environmental Services to that end. That's almost four full-time <coughs> employees, if you factor that out over the course of a year. We also had an additional 1,540 hours uh, with Environmental Services that were done just to pay off fines and court costs. That's another $15,000 worth of fines and court costs that got paid off through sweat equity. In addition, we had another 2,000 hours at charities around the southeast. Uh, in the past, most of that community service work would have been done here in town for our diversion program, and in most purposes, we try and get it done through environmental services because it helps the city more. But with the students being gone for COVID and, and some of them not coming back and, and distance learning, a lot of that was done elsewhere. It still benefited a community, just not necessarily our community. COVID-19, when, 
we first started that in 2020, we moved from having court one and a half days a week to three days a week. The purpose was to social distance and, and reduce the number of people in our courtroom from pre-COVID, we'd have three and 400 people on a docket and anywhere from 150 to 250 would show up. When we started our new procedures, we moved it to 40 citizens an hour and had a docket every hour. So the most we'd have any one morning was 120. Um, unfortunately, we got to where if we had 40 people set on a docket, you would have anywhere from eight to 10 show up. So we were having a massive amount of no-shows and having to issue a lot of failure-to-appear warrants. Uh, as you can see, the, the rate of failure-to-appears increased from uh, 2,400 to almost 4,000 in a year. And the problem with that is it increases paperwork for my people. We have to send them second notices of courtesy to come to court. When they don't do that, we have to issue a writ for their arrest. And then that makes, uh, I was going to say chief uh, register, but it makes public safety director register's job more difficult because the police have to go out and find all these people and lock them up. And uh, it just makes it very difficult to get the daily business of running the court done. One of the ways we're trying to combat that is our biggest initiative for next year. There's a, I'm sure everybody knows who the Southern Poverty Law Center is, but we work with them hand-in-hand uh, hand to the extent we can to try and make sure that we treat our citizens fairly, give everybody a, a, a fair shot. They have worked with a computer company to develop a thing called Uptrust, and what that does is it will, hopefully, I, if our IT department can help me get them in line, it will partner with our current system to allow us to send out text message reminders about court dates, payment plan reminders, uh, trial notices, anything like that. So in theory, what it allows to do is it allows us to reach more people, allows to remind them, everybody's got a cell phone. It allow us to remind them, come to court, don't forget you owe how many ever dollars this month. And we're hoping that'll not only help us reduce our paperwork and, and the police's uh, newfound job of having to lock everybody up for not coming to court, but it'll benefit the citizens because a majority of them don't intentionally not come to court. A lot of these college kids just have way too much more fun things going on than paying a speeding ticket or a parking ticket, and they just don't think about it until somebody knocks their door at 6 in the morning in a pair of handcuffs, and that's too late. But I promised Megan I was going to go 15 minutes, so I'm probably going to start talking about my childhood now unless y'all have some, <laughs> some questions y'all would like to ask. Anything? Well, I, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, on this text message, and I know you say everybody has cell phones, <laughs> so are they allowed, I mean, is there somewhere where, um, you know, people change cell phone numbers so much, and I'm, I'm a witness to that. I mean, I don't, but a lot of people do. So do they have to update their phone numbers? Is it? Theoretically, the, the, the and, and again, we've been trying to get this installed since January, and we're having difficulty not with our guys. They're doing great, but with the outside computer company getting it set up to, to mesh with our system. But the first step we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get the officers when they arrest people to collect cell phone numbers. We'll certainly do that when they come to court on their first court date, but 
it's easier if we get it from the start when they lock them up, we get all that, or write them a citation if we get their cell phone number then. Right now, the difficulty we have is um, college kids, I lived in the same place for four years, and these college kids move every six weeks, it seems mm -hmm. like. So they're supposed to update their addresses with us, and they don't do that. I imagine it'll be the same with phone numbers, but in my experience, phone numbers are a little bit more permanent than, than these kids' living arrangements. So while we will lose some to new cell phones and new numbers, I think we'll still do a better job of, of retaining them and being able to track them down with a cell phone. And I understand that with the college students, but I was just talking about the public in general. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, and I know that, you know, sometimes you have a court date and it may be six weeks later and somebody change a phone number before and don't get the text message. So are you going to remind them when this set up, when they come to court, that they must have something in place to yes, make sure that if they change numbers, they need to notify the court that yep. their numbers have changed? Yes, ma'am. And again, the problem is dealing with humans. And yeah. We remind them every time they come to court and sign a payment plan that if if they move, they've got to tell us. If you don't make a payment, you got to come to court. And then all I hear after that is, oh, I didn't know. And, you know, it's right there signed in writing. So um, we're certainly going to do our best to uh, – it doesn't benefit me or the city in any form or fashion to have folks miss court because we have victims that, that take time off from work and come sit in court waiting on their case to be heard, and then the people don't show up. And I have to explain to them that, you know, as a courtesy, we're going to give these folks a second chance to come to court. So we don't benefit at all by people not showing up, and so we're going to do everything we can to make sure we get people in the, in the pews. And, Judge, they're notified by mail also, it, even it, though it's not. Yes, ma'am. If, if you get yeah. a citation in the city of Auburn, you get a court date before you drive off. If you get arrested, you get a court date at the jail. When you come to court, we print out a new court date if, if your case gets continued. We give you a new court date then. If you don't show up, we mail you a courtesy new court date, which a lot of courts don't do because it is a, a hassle and a paperwork nightmare. If you don't show up a second time, then we issue a writ for your arrest. But we paper folks to death. We do everything we can to try and get them to, to come take care of the, the problem because, frankly, it's a lot cheaper on everybody if they come to court and they don't pick up $300 in failure-to-appear fees and, and have to then pay that. And it's just a lot easier if everybody handles their business. Judge, do you see the numbers, the FTA numbers improving with COVID restrictions and everybody coming back to campus? And I, I can't tell you, Councilman. I, I hope so, but the problem is, and y'all probably know this as well as anybody, COVID is now everybody's go-to uh, excuse <laughs> slash reason. <laughs> I have folks tell me, well, you know, I'll ask them, why haven't you paid your fines? Judge COVID. Well, these fines are six years old. COVID's not that old. And, and then it's something else. So I'm afraid that, that a lot of people have now got it ingrained in their system that if I don't go to court, I'll just tell them I was afraid of COVID. It doesn't stop them from getting in fights and clubs and going wherever else they want to do and getting in trouble. But apparently our court system is more prone to COVID than everywhere else if you, if you believe some of the public. But uh, I hope it, that's the plan is that we'll get the system better and, and get more people in and take care of things. Resource-wise, I know we've got a pretty good population growth, or we have in the last 10 years. I mean, you feel the courts, I mean, we got a new building and everything, but resource-wise, you've got enough to handle population growth as cases increase. And well, we can always use a raise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, 
we have had a retirement and, and another magistrate leave in the last six months. We've replaced them. Uh, I think that we have done everything we can to leverage technology to make it where we don't need as many bodies as some of the municipal courts around the state have. I mean, we, we're probably a third of the size of employees that Tuscaloosa employs. Um, as the population continues to grow, we're going to have some additional needs. But right now, I think we've done a good job of, of leveraging technology that we've got everything we need. Um, we're, I envision the next five years, I'll be in court four days a week instead of three. Um, but that's all going to depend on how the COVID shakes out and when folks start coming back to court in droves or not. Thank you, sir. Anything else? Any other questions for the judge? Uh, yes, sir. You said working with UpTrust. Tell me a little bit more about UpTrust. UpTrust is a, as I understand it, just a group of people who have created this software program. And it is, at its core, just a text message reminder system. And they have gotten in touch with uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center because, again, the Southern Poverty Law Center wants everybody to get as much access to the courts and as, as much of a, a helping hand in the court system as they can. So this group is, um, they're currently in, I don't want to lie to you, but I, I know they're in Montgomery. I think they're in the Hoover court system, uh, and they may be in Pelham. But everything I've heard about them is wonderful. They uh, seem to get good responses. They seem to get, you know, a, a good number of people to actually come to court that <coughs> way instead of having to lock them up. And our issue isn't with UpTrust. It's our other computer provider that does our daily case management software. We can't get them to set a time with Greg and our guys to just install the, the update. And I'm diligently working on that. I've got another phone call in the morning to choose somebody out. I'll see if that works or not. But um, UpTrust is just a, a bunch of guys and girls that have thought this was a good way to try and help courts get people in court. Thank you. Yes, sir. Anything else? Thank you, Judge. Appreciate you and your staff and everything y'all do. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity to serve the city of Auburn. Thank yes, you very sir. much. Thank you, Judge. Any questions on tonight's agenda for the city manager? Ms. Crouch, anything for us? No, okay. sir. Is there a move to adjourn the committee of the whole? So moved. moved. All right, we are adjourned. We'll get started right at 7 o'clock. Tonight's Auburn City Council meeting for November the 2nd, 2021. With the roll call, Lindsay. Dawson. Here. Dixon. Here. Griswold. Here. Hovey. Here. Parsons. Here. Smith. Present. Taylor. Here. Witten. Anders. Here. Would you please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance and then please remain standing for a moment of silence. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you.
Okay, it's the first meeting of the month, so we'll begin now with our Employee of the Month and our Service Awards video. I'm Mayor Ron Anders, and we're proud to introduce you to our November Employee of the Month and many other outstanding employees here at the City of Auburn. Today, I'm proud to introduce you to our November Auburn City Employee of the Month. I have a memorandum here from Allison Frazier, the Engineering Services Director, written to Megan McGowan-Crouch, the City Manager. I'm pleased to nominate Dan Crowdis for recognition as the Employee of the Month for November. Dan was hired in 2006 as the City's Engineer for Development to coordinate the City's development review operations. Soon after coming on board, Dan led the way in creating the development review team. The DRT was established to streamline the process of reviewing site development and subdivision construction plans. The process requires coordination between seven departments working with developers and engineers to ensure that development throughout the city meets the high expectations of our citizens. Since 2006, Dan and his team have processed over 920 DRT cases. As the case numbers grow, the need for more efficient means of review has become evident. Dan worked diligently with the IT department on implementing CityWorks for developmental uh, submittal tracking, and most recently working with on-base software to meet the ever-growing needs of plan review and tracking. Other responsibilities of the position include addressing various drainage issues or trash traffic issues that are not necessarily associated with new development. Dan is a valuable and dependable employee and is highly deserving of recognition. I've witnessed Dan working after hours and on his own time during the weekend to get essential information out on to the development community on time. It is for these reasons and many others that I'm proud to recommend Dan Crowdis as the Employee of the Month. Congratulations. Okay, thank you to all of our employees, and we appreciate everything you do. And congratulations to Dan Crowdis for being our, in, our uh, employee of the month. Under Mayor's announcements, I just want to quickly go through a couple of things. I just want to thank our all of our great staff, from public works to public safety to our police and certainly environmental services, to have a weekend of a big high school game and a big Auburn University game, and then have trick or treat following that up. And I thought our community showed. It was a shining light and things were great. I was downtown on Saturday and on Sunday night and um, it looked spectacular and people were having a great time. And so I just appreciate everybody's efforts to get through all those events and make all that special for all of our visitors and our children that participated in all the things that we had going on this past weekend. Um, we had a very um, um, exciting opportunity to welcome a new police dog to the city of Auburn on Friday. And we wanna thank uh, Charter Communications and the Hudson Foundation for their support. 
and, uh, and bringing us Spectrum. And uh, there was a nice article about Spectrum in today's paper, and um, we're thankful for, uh, for their gift to our police, and we look forward to Spectrum helping keep us safe in the future. Also last week, I had an opportunity to be a part of uh, the SGA for a morning uh, with Mocha's with the mayor, and we had a great breakfast at the new dining hall and uh, then spent some time over in the student center, and it was a lot of fun getting to engage with many of our students here at Auburn University and, of course, Albie, and I just appreciate the SGA being willing to put that kind of event on and uh, for us to be able to develop these relationships between us here at the city and our students and uh, as they spend time here at Auburn as they go to school. It was a very worthwhile endeavor. Um, last week, as many of you saw, we had the uh, groundbreaking for Bucky's. Very excited about that. We had a great crowd out there at Exit 50, and we look forward to Bucky's beginning their development. They're building their construction here soon, and to be open hopefully this time next year. Um, it's a very exciting opportunity for our city. A couple Sundays ago, I was at Schwalke with the Down Syndrome Walk. A, a great group of parents and uh, volunteers out there. Um, really cheering the families that uh, have children or have people within their family with Down syndrome. There was a lot of support and happiness out there, and um, I just appreciate everybody's willingness to be a part of that. Also, Mayor Fuller and I were at uh, the Walmart Distribution Center recently as we celebrated 20 million pounds of food that were given over the last 20 years to the Food Bank of East Alabama. And what great leadership the Food Bank of East Alabama has had over the last uh, during their time here. The Food Bank of East Alabama originally started in the same building that today houses City Hall in downtown Auburn and now has a beautiful facility in our industrial park that our city, our IDB, had a lot to do with making happen. Um, they've got a great board of directors, but we're very thankful to Walmart and their willingness to give that food to the food bank over the years and, uh, and provide that for all the families in need in our community. So those are my mayor's announcements. Anything from anybody else on the council? Want to make an announcement tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, I have two announcements, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Yep. Uh, we'll have a Ward 2 meeting on the 8th of November at 6.30, and it'll be in the James Buston training facility in the building next door, the old public safety building. And that'll start at 6.30 on uh, November 8th, Monday. The main topic will be a presentation by some developers about a potential development uh, in the Mrs. James <coughs> Road vicinity, known as Old Samford. So it's going to be, a, it's, it's quite a, quite a project and I want to get public input as to um, just we'll fill everybody out on that because nothing's been approved yet uh, <coughs> but uh, I'd like to go ahead and get input from the from the public uh, the other one is that uh, the cumulative legal expenses for the councilman Dixon versus City of Auburn case as of 30 September 21 is thirty two thousand one hundred nine dollars and sixteen cents uh, October billings will be received this week and will be updated for the 16 November council meeting. That's all I have. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Anyone else on the council have an announcement they'd like to make tonight? Bob? Yes. Thanks, Mr. Mayor. Uh, tomorrow night, Ward 6 uh, Ward meeting will be at the James Buston meeting room, 161 North Ross, 630. Uh, City Manager uh, Crouch will be joining us and I uh, hope to see... Uh, any interested citizens. It's not just confined to Ward 6. It can be anybody in our city. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Bob. Anyone else? Uh, I do. Yes, ma'am. I just want to thank uh, Mr. Davis, Al Davis, for uh, opening up the uh, Boykin Community um, Auditorium on Sunday night for the uh, festival for uh, the children in, on, well, it was for the community. So we had a, uh, also had a great turnout. 
and um and it, it wasn't to separate the thing from Auburn and the community. It's just that I know that a lot of the parents don't take their children out for trick or treating and stuff. So I, w I made it accessible for kids who was in walking distance to be able to come and enjoy a nice festival. And so we had a great turnout, and I just want to thank Mr. Davis for helping with the cleanup. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Thank you, Connie. Anyone else? Okay. We'll move ahead to Auburn University Communications. <clears throat> Sorry, I hope y'all are doing well. Um, we are quickly approaching the end of the semester, which is just crazy to me. I feel like we all just got here again, but um, we have a lot of stuff coming up. So um, first off, the Beat Bama Food Drive is going to be going through November 14th. Y'all might have seen that. Um, I saw it at Kroger last night, just big bins um, where you can put food in them. We have a lot of students working really hard on this. Um, we're competing against the University of Alabama to help fight food insecurity and poverty in East Alabama. So anything we can do to beat Bama, we really want to do. So um, we're working hard on that. Um, we've also ordered a lot of promotional materials to um, kind of encourage students to use that LIFT program that I was talking about last time. Um, again, uh, safety is a huge priority of Auburn, and we really want to make sure they're taking advantage of this opportunity because it's such a great deal. Who doesn't want to save money, especially in college? Um, and then in SGA, we're working on a lot of things. Better Relations Day is coming up, and I'll kind of touch on this more when it gets closer, but it's December 2nd, and UGA and University of Alabama SGA student government, they're coming here, which to be frank, the only reason they're coming here is because they can't communicate with each other. Auburn is the mediator. Um, we are the loveliest <laughs> village, so we mediate. So we're really excited to have them come. Um, since we all do represent the SEC, we all represent the South, we want to do everything we can to make sure our schools um, are the best in the country. So we're excited to host them here at Auburn. Um, and then my branch, External Affairs, our civic engagement team is working on getting a polling location here at Auburn. A few other schools have them, Georgia Tech, Alabama A&M, uh, not a lot. So Auburn would be on the forefront of that, which is great um, to get faculty and staff and students a place to vote on campus. Um, so we're looking into that. We're on just the beginning stages of that, but that's a huge thing we're working on. Um, and then lastly, Mocha's with the Mayor was so much fun. We had such a great turnout. We were talking about that last night at um, our Cabinet and Senate meetings. But thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming to breakfast. Um, and we would love to do something next semester with you. So we'll touch on that more at our breakfasts. But thank you so much. And where are you going? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you all for your hard work. Okay. Now's an opportunity for citizens' communications on items on tonight's agenda. Please remember this is only items on tonight's agenda. If you'd like to speak to the council, please come forward and give us your name and address for the record. Thank you, Mr. Griswold. Certainly during the Committee of the Whole, we had an update from the uh, Auburn Municipal Court Judge McLaughlin. It was an outstanding update, and we were thankful for that. Thanks for the great work that they do. Thank you. I'll skip through that. All right. Anyone like to speak to the council on items on tonight's agenda? Okay. Seeing no one, we'll move ahead. City manager. Good evening. Under city manager's communications, we have the announcement of two vacancies on the cemetery advisory board. The three-year terms begin January 1st, 2022, and in December 31st, 2025. The appointments will be made at the December 7th, 2021 meeting. Our first item of business is the consent agenda. Does any council member wish to remove an item from the agenda and deal with that item individually? Yes. Yes, Mr. Mayor and City Manager. I would like to remove 8D1, 8 Delta 1, and 8D2. So 8 Delta 2, please. 
Anyone else like to remove an item from tonight's consent agenda? Okay, Ms. Crouch, 8D1. Item 8D1 authorizes the execution of a development agreement with Edgar Houston Builder Incorporated for the landings at Academy Drive. As part of the development agreement, the city would commit up to $192,631 toward the installation of bike lanes and a multi-use path to access a future greenway. Move for approval. Second. All right, I have a motion and a second. Mr. Griswold. Thank you. Um, I'd like to, to thank Development Services for consideration of this and for adding a uh, bikeway greenway infrastructure to this project. Uh, but I'd like also um, to have an explanation about what it is we're spending. It's $52,000. I think any time that the city is providing funding to a developer, uh, we ought to probably bring it up in public and uh, get a good explanation of it. And in fact, I think most development agreements uh, in general should not be on the consent agenda. But if you please uh, go through this um, development agreement and explain it to the public, please. I will. I'll have Scott Cummings, our executive director of development services. He negotiates all development agreements for the city, walk you through the city commitment piece. I do want to say, as it's shown on your agenda, that the contributions toward this, you know, which total about $192,000, were not originally budgeted as we cannot foresee sometimes what's coming with development agreements. What we plan to do in the next biennial budget is, is get a lump sum line item in there that helps us when we contribute to things. It doesn't mean that you won't approve the development agreements. Council always would and you would approve the budget, but we also are seeing more and more of this where we get a chance to participate. So we'll, we'll talk about that in the late spring, early summer, but Mr. Cummings, please go ahead and. Okay, thank you. So in, in general, as, as we were looking at this development, the um, saw an opportunity to you know extend some infrastructure that was already in place, such as the bikeway, in order to keep that um, moving. So I applaud the efforts of engineering services in recognizing that connectivity needed in order to extend the bikeways, as well as uh, connectivity for future greenways, as we saw through this development. The development did not require that these be built, so um, it was engineering the city engineers recommendation that uh, that we contribute to the cost of that in order to, to capture that now it's much less expensive to build things the first time as opposed to going back and, and renovating something in the future so we feel like we've um, you know, negotiated a good price the city engineer uh, labored over the, over the estimates and, and quantities for this and utilizing um, our database um, for um, for unit costs that we have from bids and, and and other efforts that we do within the city in order to develop these cost estimates. And then these are actually, as, as you can read, in development up to, so the development, the, the developer will have to provide a detailed cost estimate before we, you know, proceed with it and, and finalize the payment for that. So I would ask if uh, Allison Fraser has anything to add to that. Okay. Again, I, I commend you for the for the uh, outreach and for the insight to go ahead and add this project in as part of this uh, development's yeah. work. So thank you for that. And thanks to our engineering team because they, they recognized it up front. I also want to say that the developer has also been very open, and I think yes. one of the important things is that a lot of developers are willing to work with us. They don't have to do this, and this does save us a good bit of money 
um, adding these improvements now. So it's a good partnership, and a lot of times a development agreement isn't necessitated other than partnerships like this, so we appreciate your indulgence. But um, when it comes to bikeways and greenways and we have this opportunity, you will see them um, as often as possible where it makes sense. What's the anticipated completion date of this project? Allison, you may have more information on that. You've been working with a developer. Are they... I'm not exactly sure yet. Yeah. And where, where are the uh, greenway and where are the improvements? I'm looking at the map trying to determine where those improvements are going to be. Allison, you want to <laughs> describe them? Because you've, you've got some unnamed streets still. Yeah. And that's Is it going to be it. off of Academy Drive? Is that the main? The bike, the bike lane will extend off Academy and to then the, the... To the cul-de-sac there to the end of... Yes, sir. It will. So we'll pick up the bike lanes coming uh, east-west on Academy. The greenway will go on the north-south cul-de-sac that you see. Um, and these will eventually tie, hopefully, over to Shelton Mill Road with future development. With Academy Academy eventually connecting to Shelton? Yes. Thank you. Any other, Any questions? other questions? Okay. Got a motion to second. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. The next one, Ms. Crouch. Item 8D2 authorizes a contract with REV Construction Incorporated for the Highway 14 Force Main replacement project in the amount of $912,033.10. Move for approval. Second. I have a motion and a second. Mr. Griswold again. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, yes, my only question is what level of disruption of services will be uh, to residents along Highway 14? So I have Matt Dunn here. He is our Assistant Water Resource Management Director, and I'll have him explain okay. a little bit more uh it, it's a force main it's not a gravity line so there are no services connected into that main so it will be strictly just a replacement of a of a force main so other than just and we're going to be on the south side of the of the railroad along highway 14 um so we we will not be in the road or in any areas disrupting traffic so great thank you all right any other questions all right we have a motion yeah. second yeah. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Do I have a motion to approve the balance of the consent agenda? So moved. moved. Do I have a motion to second? All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Under ordinances this evening, item 9A1 establishes a school zone and authorizes the installation of school speed limit sign assemblies along Drake Avenue in the vicinity of Auburn Montessori School located at 230. 231 East Drake Avenue. Unanimous consent is necessary. I'll introduce the ordinance and ask for unanimous consent. Second. All right, I have a motion to second. Does anyone on the council have a problem moving forward with a vote on this this evening? All right. Any discussion or questions? Hearing none, roll call Lindsay. Dawson? Yes, ma'am. Dixon? Yes. Griswold? Yes, ma'am. Ovi? Yes, ma'am. Parsons? Yes. Smith? Yes, ma'am. Taylor? Yes. Anders? Yes. Item 9A2 establishes a school zone and authorizes the installation of school speed limit sign assemblies along Wrights Mill Road in the vicinity of East Sanford School, located at 332 East Sanford Avenue. I want to note there's already school zone signs on Sanford Avenue. Unanimous consent is necessary. I'll introduce the ordinance and ask for unanimous consent. Second. I have a motion to second. Does anyone on the council have a problem moving forward with the vote on this this evening? Seeing here none. Any questions or comments? Okay, Lindsay with the roll call. Dixon? Yes. Griswold? Yes, ma'am. Movie? Yes, ma'am. 
Parson? Yes. Smith? Yes, ma'am. Taylor? Yes. Dawson? Yes, ma'am. Anders? Yes. Item 9A3 establishes a school zone and authorizes the installation of school speed limit sign assemblies along Gatewood Drive and Academy Drive in the vicinity of Lee Scott Academy, located at 1601 Academy Drive. Unanimous consent is necessary. I'll introduce the ordinance and ask for unanimous consent. Second. Second. All right. I have a motion to second. Does anyone on the council have a problem moving forward with vote on this this evening? All right. Any discussion or questions? Lindsay with the roll call. Griswold? Yes, ma'am. Ovi? Yes, ma'am. Parsons? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Taylor? Yes. Dawson? Yes, ma'am. Dixon? Yes. Anders? Yes. Mayor, those are all the items of business we have for you this evening. Okay. Thank you. At this point in time, we'll open up for Citizens Open Forum. If you'd like to address City Council about anything, please give us, please come forward and give your name and address for the record. And remember, you'll have three minutes. Okay. Seeing no one, is there a move to adjourn? So moved. We are adjourned. <laughs>